Amen. It is great to be here with the Swiss today, the South and the West region of the London International Christian Church. Uh, of course, a very special welcome to uh, Ash's mom, my mother-in-law, uh, Donna Godwin, who is uh, with us here today. Uh, it is so, uh, so great to have Ash's family uh, visiting Europe, and of course for Ash's mom to be worshipping with us at the service today. Of course, a huge congratulations as well to uh, Sean and MJ Hurdit, as their second child, Leela Mae Hurdit, was born last night. The baby was born at 1.28 a.m., weighing at uh, 3.7 kilos, which is just over eight pounds if you're metrically challenged. Uh, and of course, the Herod family right now is at the hospital resting. Uh, so God is doing incredible things. God is blessing the disciples. Of course, a very uh, happy birthday to uh, Michelle. She turned about 30, 35 years old, about 35 years old. Uh, and of course, Ashley and, and I, we, uh, we appreciate you and Michael so much. Uh, you've been a dear mommy the faith to us, helped us to... Uh, just heal from a lot of things and really uh, been there to, uh, to help us, to guide us, to nurture us. Uh, so we love you very much and uh, we are behind your heart and soul. It was so great to hear from the OGs today, was it not? Yeah. Stephanie and Isaac, the OG unit. And of course, Steph said, I refuse to live in the past because the present is so much sweeter. And the calling was for us not to numb out, but to deal with the things in the past so that we can be who God is calling us to be. And of course Isaac said, if my sacrifice is dead, my relationship with God is dead. If my sacrifice is alive, my relationship with God is alive. Is relationship with God alive today? Or are you setting limits in your relationship with God? You see, the title for our church today is, What is your limit? Where do you draw the line? I'm not going to cross this. What is your limit? In Psalm 119, verse 96, it reads, To all perfection, I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Because when something is perfect, it cannot become any more perfect. But God's word is limitless. It transcends over the limit of time, the limit of this life. In Psalm 147 verse 5, it says, Great is our Lord, and mighty in power his understanding has no limit. Because that is the God that we serve, a God that himself is limitless. We serve a timeless, a matterless God. The God who is, not just the was, God is the great I am. And God is the spirit. He's not bound. There are no limits to God. Psalm 73 verse 7 says, From the callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. So people are inventing new ways how to do evil. Little boys are being told it's okay for them to be girls, and vice versa. Men are starting to take home titles for women's sports. When the nuclear bomb was dropped on Hiroshima, 80,000 people were killed instantly. It was a new way of doing evil. And war is always evil, because people die 
outside of Christ. Their evil imaginations have no limits. But because of the limitless imagination for doing evil, we need a limitless God with limitless commandments. And we may feel, but I don't want to be limited. I want to be free to do whatever. You are free to do whatever. But we need limits in regards to the evil that we do. Because as you live according to God's commands, that is the only thing that will limit the evil that we are committing. So we need God's boundless commandments in our lives. Are you with me? Our first point today is limitless faith. Let us go to Mark 2. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. We are enjoying our time left here in London. It's awesome to be with the family. Uh, we love the London church so much. And uh, for us, you know, the, the West, it's really, we really belong together in some ways. It's been awesome to be at Imperial, being in the battle together, the South Disciples, West Disciples. And God really has uh, blessed the services we have had together. Of course, Jeremy and Mary were baptized at the West service some time ago. And God is continuing to do his miracles. Mark 2, it says in verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. We could squeeze a few more people in here, but it's pretty crowded today as well, which is awesome. But we see that after the imprisonment of John the Baptist, Jesus moved from Nazareth to live in Capernaum. And of course, Jesus, he had performed many miracles. He had healed Simon's mother-in-law. And when people heard about him, all of them came to be healed, to be helped by Jesus. I mean, we all got issues, don't we? So, so some, some health problems. I mean, Jesus, can you, can you look at my back? I don't know, it just, it just feels, feels funky. My, my knee is making this weird like, crackling sound. Jesus, can you kind of take a look at it? When you're 30 plus years old, then, you know, the talks about health become increasingly more common. Oh, man, I got this injury. That's what happened. I'm feeling my legs. I'm feeling my, you know, so, so things, things happen. We, we got some issues, okay? And Jesus actually, he healed a lot of people, but early next morning, he left. He went to a solitary place to pray. Because even as he wanted to give and help other people, he prioritized his relationship with God. He understood where his power was coming from, from his walk with God. And again, right after his prayer, he left and he went to other cities because his point was, so that I'm a priest there also. Because ultimately, Jesus came to preach the word of God so that we can make to eternity together with God. So, and then told him, Jesus, everybody's looking for you. Because there were more needy people wanting to be helped, wanting to be healed by Jesus. But Jesus, he had taken off. So when they heard that he was back in Capernaum, a lot of the people, they went, this is a new chance for me to be helped by Jesus. Jesus is back. Now can you take a look at my knee? <laughs> so huge crowds scattered where Jesus was staying. And it says in verse 3, some man came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, 
carried by four of them. So we see that there were some men, and the person was carried by four of them. So I chose the group was larger than four, but four of them were doing the actual carrying. You see, we need the people who do the actual carrying in the ministry. Verse 4. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw the faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And very sadly, this man was paralyzed. He was unable to move. Can you imagine what that must feel like? You cannot play football. You cannot run around. You cannot even walk. And you're constantly in need of help from other people. And we may not be paralyzed physically, but I've got to ask you, where are you paralyzed? Is your walk with God paralyzed? Is your marriage paralyzed? Has your evangelism become paralyzed? Are you paralyzed in sin? Has your financial giving become paralyzed? Did you give today? And of course, we have the European Missions Conference coming up. And I'm so proud of the disciples who have stepped up to contribute. To not only get themselves registered, but to help other people get registered. I'm so proud of uh, Meso. Uh, he's serving in Kiss Kingdom today. Which is one of the toughest ministers, really. <laughs> it takes you out by the end of the Kids Kingdom, amen. Uh, of course, we have uh, uh, families in the house, and then you have Kids Kingdom with your kids all the time, amen. But he actually paid for Liam's registration, and he wants to help more people. I know Victrix wants to help other people get registered. We have non-disciples who are registered. I know that Emilia's dad, Martin, is registered. And he goes to job, I will quit if I don't get to stay off, amen. So that is faith, and God willing, we will see Martin get baptized latest at the EMC. I know that David Lionel is registered. And he also wants to help a few people actually register for the EMC. And he wants to get restored latest by the EMC to his relationship with Christ. But the thing with being a paralytic is that you understand that you're needy. Because if you understand that you're needy, you're going to go looking for help. And that's just a fact that we need help. You may not think you need help, but you need help. <laughs> you see, we don't follow Jesus just because it's a cool thing to do. We do it because we really need Jesus. Because you know where you are without Jesus. I know I was just living a life of insecurity. To the point I wouldn't even have come alone to Bible study if my friend hadn't brought me along. I was living a life of being addicted to pornography, masturbation, a few times a day. I was living a life of selfishness, really out of wanting to be in my comfort zone. And there was no room for other people in my life. So do you remember where you're coming from? And what Jesus has rescued you from? And if you have been paralyzed completely or partially paralyzed, what do you need? Jesus. And you need four faithful friends to get you to Jesus. So do you have four faithful friends? People who take you to Jesus when you need it. Because sometimes we ourselves, we are that paralytic. <laughs> you see, you don't make yourself into a disciple. And not a disciple makes you into a disciple. 
You cannot do it on your own. You cannot baptize yourself. Okay, now I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. it, it, it doesn't work that way, guys. If you've done it, uh, okay, you need to change. So, so you need other people to make you into a disciple, baptize you as a disciple, but then you will need them to teach you to obey everything that Christ commanded according to Matthew 8, 18 to 20. So you need four faithful friends to stay faithful as a disciple. You need four faithful friends to get restored to a relationship with God. So do you have disciples in your life who are helping you? And do you carry others to Jesus when they need your help? Because not only we need it, but we should give it to each other. So that whoever is weak, we take these people to Jesus. So these four faithful men, they get together and they help their friend out. They carry this paralyzed man to Jesus. And if you ever have had to carry an individual, you know that's a daunting task, okay? I mean, of course, the husbands, you know, we like to carry our wives, amen? That's like a, like a show of manliness, okay? Let me, let me pick up my wife. Now that you, you, you know, it, it may be a challenge, but, but we kind of want to do it as guys. But somebody who, who even cannot move themselves at all, cannot grab her neck, cannot help out, I mean, that's, that's a super, super challenging task. And then Jesus, he's laying it out. He's preaching the word. you got to give up everything. I mean, he's preaching. He's, he's going to town. When suddenly, you hear, start hearing this voice from the, from the roof. This noise. This thumps. This talking. This scraping sound. Like, what is going on? Jesus is trying to preach. What is this noise? Suddenly, you have some dirt starting to fall on people's heads. Suddenly, a hand emerges from through the roof. People start pulling out roofs. Tiles. I remember our brother Oleg Sirotkin, uh, who actually will be with us here in London very soon, him and his wife. And he was actually preaching this very passage in the Bible back in Tallinn, Estonia. Uh, we had a small, a small church group. And in the middle of the sermon, we suddenly start hearing the sounds coming from outside of the door. And we actually had this gentleman who was in a wheelchair. And uh, he, he would come out to church occasionally, so he couldn't move his legs. And he had come to service. We were on the second floor of the service. And this gentleman, for whatever reason, he did not manage to get in contact with the disciples. So he was trying to call, reach. It, it, it didn't work, okay? So this gentleman, he managed to get himself on the stairs. And this gentleman, just using his bare arms, he managed to go up two flights of stairs. See, like he's just preaching there. Just bring this paralytic to Jesus. Jesus preaching with all his noise. The door goes open, and the man is on the floor, on his arms, going into the room. And of course, then the brothers came in, helped him get up, sit on the chair. He had a sermon, amen, so he got to enjoy the rest of the service. But again, what is your excuse on why you're struggling to make it to the meetings of the body? To make it to church? I was feeling tired. I wasn't feeling it that day. You see, if you want it, you're going to make it happen. If something matters to you, like uh, we heard as well in the contribution speech, you will find a way. You will sacrifice because it's important for you. And again, we got to understand that the church is a family, a family that needs you, but also you need the family. So that's why we come here for encouragement. Sometimes you are the one needing encouragement, sometimes somebody else. And again, you don't give up on your family, but you take care of your brothers and sisters. So we got to have that level of love, that level of sacrifice. 
And you see that these men, they broke through the ceiling. The question is, what is your ceiling? What is your limit? This is where I draw a line. I'm tired, so now I'm done serving. Don't quit when you're tired, quit when you're done. You may not get your eight-hour beauty sleep every night, amen? That's okay, that's okay. Or is it, I felt hurt by somebody, I'm through with you, that's my limit. That's where I draw a line. What if Jesus had the same mindset towards you? Ah, you seen, messed up, I'm done with you. What if God thought in the same way? So what is your limit? You see, these men didn't let the ceiling be their ceiling. This ceiling is not my limit. You see, limitation breeds innovation. We can break through ceilings when our faith is limitless. And you got to be pushed to your limit to know what your limit is. How will you know what your limit is if you never reached it? What you're really capable of. If there had been no crowd around Jesus, they wouldn't have known they even had that type of faith inside of them. The faith you have now, you're going to be looking back at your faith in two years, and you're going to go, that was my limit? That's what I thought I was capable of? Like, that stuff is easy. You see, God is wanting to stretch your limit, what you're capable of. But you got to be pushed to a limit for a limit to be stretched. So do not let the ceiling be your ceiling. You see, their faith was bigger than the ceiling. And I'm so proud of the disciples who have not set limits to their faith. I'm so proud of Gustav. Of course, Gustav gave up his education back in Sweden to come to London to be trained for the ministry. And again, just to see his growth, he's become a different kind of per person altogether. And again, he's ready to go back to Sweden to preach the gospel there, bring the gospel back to his home country. I'm so proud of Daniela. Uh, she just had a knee surgery. But again, she's there at the Devo. Uh, she cannot even stand up, but she's sitting, singing, fired up, joyful. Again, she's not letting her pain, her recovery, be her limit. And I could say so many about so many of you. People who have really stepped out to sacrifice to help people get registered for the EMC. People who have moved countries, who have quit jobs in order to prioritize the kingdom. People who have quit, quit their education to go into the full-time ministry. Again, so many of you have not let that limit hold you back. So let our mindset be, find a way. If you're thinking about, I cannot do it, go, how will I do it? You see, those men, there was no way as it seemed. Yet they found a way to bring that man to Jesus. Let us read on, verse 6. And it says, now some teachers of the law were sitting there. There's always those kind of people in the crowd, amen. We probably have them today as well, amen. Thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And it's actually true. Who can forgive sins but God is alone, uh, but God alone, Jesus sees God in human flesh, amen? amen. But the critics, they always show up from someplace. I mean, whatever Jesus is doing, awesome things are happening, miracles are happening. People just get critical. We were actually praying with the Stockholm mission team uh, out on the, on the bridge by Waterloo. 
and I saw this gentleman come stand next to us in line. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, does this, does this gentleman want to pray together with us? And uh, he didn't want to pray together with us. Uh, but rather he referred to the scripture. Well, it says in Matthew that, you know, you should go to your room, close the door and pray inside and do not babble like pagans. And I'm like, man, you know, we're just out here praising Jesus. We are, we're just enjoying a relationship with God. We're praying for the city. We're praying for Sweden. And, and you're critical about that. I mean, it's people getting drunk, getting high, sleeping around. I mean, why are you critical of Christians wanting to praise God? Isn't that the craziest thing? So you can be critical at awesome stuff. Why are you so critical? Verse 8. Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. Jesus knows what you're thinking in your heart. What if you had a huge screen on the top of your head showing every thought you have going on in your mind? Accountability. I mean, that would make you think lovely things about the people around you, know? I'm so grateful for my brothers, my sisters. You were late today, but I still love you. You're incredible, you know? That was a bit tough, but hey, man, you know, you, you, would, you would change your heart very quickly, amen? But Jesus does see your heart at all times. He knows your thoughts. And said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier. To say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, get up. Take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So, so he said to the man, I tell you, get up. Take your mat and go home. He got up, <laughs> took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Amen. So around Jesus, miracles are happening. Yeah. And again, we may read this passage and go, what an incredible story of healing. And you would totally miss the point. Because the point of this passage was not the healing, but it was the forgiveness of sins. Yes. What is our biggest need? It is to have a relationship with God and have our sins forgiven. Jesus forgave the man, and he was, he was done. Your sins are forgiven. Great job. Because they kept pushing him. It's like, okay, you want to know that I can actually do this? Okay, get up, walk out. But the story was about forgiveness. You see, you got to distinguish between what is the primary need and what is secondary. The primary need, we all need God. And so many people just go into different biblical topics, and, just, you know, and that's all secondary. But the question is, are you saved? Are you a disciple? If you're not a disciple, you are not saved. And that is the primary thing. you got to repent of your sins. Of course, believe in Christ. Be made into a disciple and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is the only way in. And if that's not what you have been taught, you got to repent and go by the Bible. And that is the primary need. Because people, yeah, I'm doing this. I was serving there. I was, you know... Speaking in tongues, you know, you can go, you know, mama say, mama sa, mama kusa, but you're living in sin. So how is that going to help you? Are you a disciple? As Paul T would say, none of that. None of that. So this was an incredible account. And of course, Jesus had authority while on earth to forgive sins. Now, there were only a handful handful of people who were forgiven that way. Having that authority, he forgave a few people. But again, since the church started, Matthew 28 became the standard. Go make disciples, baptizing them, and teaching them to obey everything. And when you are baptized, you get forgiveness, 
and you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. And again, that is the standard under the new covenant in the blood of Christ. So basically, whatever happened before, that really doesn't pertain to us because we are under the new covenant in Christ. What about the thief on the cross? He was never baptized. Yeah, because he was under the old covenant. And Jesus forgave him on earth because he had the authority on earth to forgive sins. Baptism had never become the standard. What is Romans 6? What does it say? Baptism is the participation in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. On the cross was Jesus buried? Had he died? Resurrected? No. So it became standard after Matthew 28. So again, we, we, we got to know our Bibles. And this man, he took up his mat. <laughs> you see, your mat becomes your message as you follow Jesus. You may want a different mat. You're like, why am I going through this? <laughs> Can I not have a different story? <laughs> but again, that is your mat because God wants you to have that mat. And you can actually help, help other people in similar situations because of your story and because of what you went through. So pick up your mat and walk. <laughs> because God wants to use your mat as a powerful message. Secondly, limitless walk with God. Let's go to Genesis 5. Limitless walk with God. My pages are getting a bit wrinkly in this, in this Bible. Could, could use a new one. Michael, could, could really open eyes with a new Bible. Michael, amen. Uh, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Uh, so, you know, when you have been healed and you're no longer paralyzed, now you can walk with God. Because you have stood up. You're not paralyzed anymore. You can actually walk with God. And it says in Genesis 5 verse 21. And it reads, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years. And had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God, then he was no more because God took him away. You see that at that age, Enoch became a father. <laughs> and there are a few things that radicalize your relationship with God, like having a child, amen? I mean, it's one thing to be a single disciple. It's another thing to be a married disciple and the whole thing altogether to be a married disciple with kids. Then a second kid comes. Sean and MJ, of course, they had the second kid. They said it's past night. So, so Enoch goes, I need God. <laughs> he became a father. He saw his need to walk with God. And he did. Can you imagine 300 years walking faithfully with God? Wouldn't you want that said about you? He just walked, walked with God faithfully the rest of his life. And he was taken away. Because when you're walking with God, it doesn't really matter. You just keep walking with God. When the time comes, your time comes. You fulfill God's mission in your life because you're walking with God faithfully. And that's really the, the only thing we got to be focused on. How is your walk with God? It's been great reading Joe Willis's book, The Art of Spiritual Warfare. Uh, Joe Willis, of course, uh, he's an Englishman, for one, who is writing books about praying to God, about loving God. I mean, is that something? Englishmen love God, and I'm so, uh, so grateful to have English people here today with us who worship God, who love God. We have a police officer, of course, in the back, Matt. He's here worshiping with us today. 
Englishmen who love God. That is incredible. And again, this, uh, this book has, has been really, really awesome. Just taking different practicals, such as taking different letters in the alphabet, thanking God for those things, praying God for those things. You know, A, Ashley, of course. You know, of course. Which goes together. I usually pray in Estonia, so Armastus, that means love. You know, kind of Ashley, Armastus, Ashley, love. You know, I kind of have this. Uh, on this is forgiveness, you know, so I, I pray for different things. But they, B, I'm like, what's it, banana? Uh, I'm okay for bananas. What else? Okay, Berlin. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let me praise God for Berlin. Amen. We're just going to be sent out at this year's EMC. <laughs> so there are so many things to thank God for. And really just to be, to have even a structure in our times with God. Because first of all, if you're like me, you're like, you, you're like a mess in the morning. I just like, where is God? Who am I? What's wrong with me? And then you pray with God, and then it's like, oh yeah, actually God is awesome. I'm a disciple, incredible, I'm saved. God is incredible. You know, that, that kind of all happens when you spend time with God. When you don't, then you kind of stay you, rather than what God wants you to be, okay? And even just to praise God, not even only to thank Him for what He has given you, what He has done in your life, but just praising God for who He is. Just, and, and it really helps, and it really softens your heart. It's great to have Uche here today. Yeah. Uchenna Gabriel Agujobi. Okay, he's changing his clothes right now. Uh, and of course, he has come to be baptized today, amen. Uche is a married man. And I was thinking that in the South, we have seen, we have seen teen baptized, we have seen campus baptized, singles, but not so many marrieds. So I'm like, we need to see some marrieds get baptized. And of course, God does provide with his incredible baptism. Uh, actually, yesterday we were just uh, finishing up witches' studies uh, in Putney, and uh, we took a break in between, and we had ordered chicken. And we had one chicken wing left. And then the waiter came, he wanted to take away the chicken. Which goes, stop! Don't touch the chicken. I'm really thinking about taking chicken from an, a Nigerian man. Don't do it. So we had, uh, we had an awesome Bible study and awesome chicken as well. But of course, Uche, he reached out to the church actually in September last year. Uh, and Uche, he does acting. He, uh, he's a musician. He does percussion, singing drums, Afrobeats. Okay. Uh, we do need another male singer in the South region, so we are grateful. Amen. And last year, him and his uh, beautiful wife, uh, Nia, of course, they, they came out to our place for dinner. And uh, during that time, Uche wasn't ready to deal with the sin in his life at that point. Uh, but a month, about a month ago, he committed himself to seeking God wholeheartedly. Amen. He started dealing with his sin. He was open about everything to his wife. Uh, he quit the second job, which was in a very worldly environment. Uh, he's only registered for EMC, which is incredible. And of course, uh, Nia as well is studying the Bible, uh, which is really, really incredible. Uh, and you see, I'm willing to wear a suit for the occasion today, amen. So there is a God. I wanted to read a... a um, Something for you from the leader of the movement, Kip McKean. And there was this uh, email being sent out entitled Operation Jerusalem. And it reads, To all sold out movement churches, from Dr. Kip McKean, World Missions Evangelist. Dear family, greetings from New Delhi. For the past few months, the world sector leaders have prayed all the more fervently that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you, 2 Thessalonians. Therefore, we have made decisions that would allow God's Spirit to do so. 
such as moving the Ukraine and the Baltic nations, amen, into the European world sector, led dynamically by Michael and Michelle Williamson, and placing the remaining 11 former Soviet nations into the Northern Federation world sector, forcefully led by Dr. John and Emma Cosi. The import of this email is to share with you the exciting announcement of the plans for Operation Jerusalem. My vision for the Jerusalem Church of the Movement, the City of Angels Church, has long been Acts 2, 41 to 47. It reads, those who accepted Peter's message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily. Those were being saved. Very interestingly, though all the Jerusalem disciples were sent out by the apostles in Acts 8, by the time Paul reached Jerusalem after his third missionary journey, we read in Acts 21, 17 to 20, an astounding fact about the Jerusalem church. When we arrived at Jerusalem, the brothers and sisters received us warmly. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James and all the elders were present. Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard this, they praised God. Then they said to Paul, you see, brother, how many thousands of Jews have believed. Amazingly, even so, many had been sent out. The Jerusalem church was once again thousands of disciples. Dr. Stim and Leanne Kernan have faithfully led the City of Angels Church since December 2015. During this era of our movement, the Holy Spirit has not only sent out many mission teams from LA, but in fact, whole new world sectors have been planted. At the 2022 GLC, Elena and I gave the charge to our dear son and daughter in the faith to be the new chancellor couple for ICCM Global, so that we could devote more time encouraging and strengthening the churches. In this year of the Spirit, the Spirit has moved my heart to see that leading the City of Angels Church, overseeing the tribe world sector churches, and leading ICCM Global is simply too much for one couple even as gifted as the Kernans. Therefore, we have selected another one of our sons and daughters in the faith to lead the Jerusalem of the movement, Dr. Jason and Sarah Dimitri of San Francisco. <laughs> With the writing of the Soapy Books Cops, Company of Prophets and the extraordinary growth in that great church and in the dream and thrive geographic sectors, we believe that God's spirit had set them apart to lead the City of Angels Church into new era of thousands of disciples and once again baptizing daily while still sending out missionaries for the evangelization of the nations in this generation. Please pray and fast over the following plans. Number one, on Sunday, December 18th, after exactly seven years of gallantly leading the City of Angels Church, Tim and Leanne Kernan will pass on the leadership of the Jerusalem Church to Jason and Sarah Dimitri of San Francisco. This will officially begin Operation Jerusalem, where 60-plus disciples from San Francisco will move to L.A. on January 1, 2023. Tim and Leanne will be freed up to travel and oversee the tri 
specific green world sector and serve as chancellor couple for ICCM Global. Secondly, the new region leaders for LA in January 2023 are Kyle and Janine Bartholomew of uh, San Francisco, North Region, Adam and Lauren Zepeda of San Francisco, Central Region, Ole and Regine Oradola of San Francisco, Southern Region, Matt and Salma Rodriguez of San Francisco, West Region, Tyler and Shay Sears, assisted by Stephen Grizzle and Eddie Dunn, all of San Francisco, OC Region, Austin and Gigi Alexander of San Francisco, Ventura Region, Jason and Daniela Wood of Denver, East Region, Lord willing, they will bring 10 Denver disciples to LA. Rob Jenkins of Salt Lake City, AV region. In June 2023, Nathan St. Paven, South region. Bravely, they will bring six Oklahoma City disciples to LA. My wife is fired up for that is in Oklahoma, man. Number three, the new super region leader couples of LA are Bartholomews, North, Ventura, Antelope Valley, and Santa Barbara. Dimitris, Western Southland. Woodis, Central East and AMS. Sears, Orange County, Inland Empire, South and Coachella Valley. Fourth, the City of Angels Church shepherding couples will be Tony and Therese Antalan and Michael and Sharon Kirshner. Dustin and Amanda Miller of SF will step out of the ministry and move to LA to train to become the City of Angels Church shepherding couples, helping to unburden the Antalans of all their worldwide shepherding responsibilities. Also moving from Phoenix to LA are Jeremy and David Sharmella for Jeremy to serve as the assistant lead cyber evangelist of the ICC. The Abaras of San Diego will lead the Phoenix Church. Fifth, the plans for Operation Jerusalem have these paid hardworking disciples leaving LA and for a new roads. Fernando and Jackie Chavez to lead San Francisco and oversee the Dream Churches in California and Utah. Ten more disciples will move with them, including full-time couples, Rick and Janelle Jones, Tyree and J.L. Ellison, Hugo and Polina Melendez, Chris and Jessica McCloskey, and Nick and Jesse Clay. Tyler and Talia Jongsma of Houston will also move to San Francisco with ten disciples. Artie Baker is going to be here at the MCA, man. And Sadri Montfleur to lead San Diego and oversee the geographical uh, leadership charge of Southwest USC churches. Two more early disciples will move with them. Brian and Joely Carr to lead the Denver church and oversee the GSL charge of the Rocky Mountain churches. Ryan and Rose's Hill will be their campus leaders. Jason and Sarah will directly disciple Joey and Karen Gregoro to prayerfully someday become global uh, sector leaders and of the Thrive Churches in Texas and Oklahoma. Jose and Monica Carranza to lead Houston. Two more disciples will move with them. Israel and soon-to-be Jennifer Escobar of San Francisco will move and help move the campus. JD and Carla de Leon to lead Dayton Beach, Florida mission team in December 2022. It will be composed of two more LA disciples, 12 Sages disciples, and Martin and Carmen Bentley, already of Daytona Beach. After years of faithful service, Ryan and Iona Keenan and Michael and Jasmine Peterson will pursue secular employment. At no point in the history of the Solat movement have so many been gathered and moved by the Spirit. <laughs> Indeed, a new era for the City of Angels Church and for the entire movement will commence on December 18th, and to God be all the glory. So we are a movement, amen, and we are a movement of the spirit. The spirit is moving. And truly, this has been the year of the spirit, seeing the powerful things that God has done. What is God going to do here in Europe? We see that God is enlarging the European world sector, the Baltic countries, Ukraine, that is now part of the European world sector. 
But also on a personal level, what can God do through you? I mean, wouldn't it be awesome if all of us got to baptize someone at the EMC? What if half of us baptize somebody at the EMC? You see, let us pray for unprecedented things going into the EMC this year. Let's be praying for at least 20 editions for this year's EMC. What is the limit of the faith? What is your limit? Eliminate your limit. Decide to be limitless in your faith. Your walk with God has no limits. Walk faithfully with God to God be all the glory.